Hi, and welcome to The Movie Girls, a podcast from two friends dedicated to answering the age-old question, which was better, the book or the movie? Hannah, and exciting news, we are now on Patreon, Yay! which is just more boobies. <laughs> Forgive me the boobies, oh, <laughs> which is really just more booby girls. Yes. We have a couple different levels, uh, but you're going to get so much more bonus content, plus you're going to get more us, which is which really, is exactly what you what, want, which is what exactly everyone needs. <laughs> so make sure you check us out on the Patreon app. All you got to do is search patreon.com slash the booby girls to find us this week we are covering the shining and i have titled this one red rum red rum oh god you (laughs) sound sound like him yes you do sound like him that's creepy (laughs) um all right so the book was originally published january 28th of 1977 and it's written by the notorious stephen king the movie came out in 1980 uh which i was actually surprised that this is the only remake of this movie or the adaptation. There was a mini series that came out, but it was the only, you know. Yeah. So. I feel like by now they should have made another one. I thought it's, it's such it, a classic movie. Right. Uh, it's rated R, uh, drama horror, two hours and 26 minutes long. Uh, it's directed by Stanley uh, Kubrick. Uh, he did Eyes Wide Shut, Full Metal Jacket, uh, Clockwork Orange. Uh, and it was screenwritten by Stanley Kubrick and Diane Johnson. It also originally was screenwritten by Stephen King which uh, Kubrick decided to throw out. But we can get into that a little bit later. (laughs) Drama, I like it. (laughs) All right, the IMDb synopsis writes, A family heads to an isolated hotel for the winter, where a sinister presence influences the father into violence, while his psychic son sees horrific forebodings from both past and future. Forebodings. Forebodings. I also love that they used sinister, because I love that word. (laughs) That's also a scary movie. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. All right, so some fun facts about the book. The setting and the characters are actually influenced very heavily by King's own personal experience. Um, He had some struggle with alcoholism himself. And ironically enough, um, him and his wife stayed at a hotel called the Stanley Hotel in 1974, which is kind of where he saw certain things that basically birthed this brainchild of his. The inspiration? Yes, the inspiration. (laughs) Um, And uh, the way that he chose the setting of the hotel, he had his first two books he had written um, about cities where he's from, which is in Maine. But he literally opened an atlas and just randomly pointed to a spot on the map and it ended up being Boulder, Colorado. So that's how he picked where it was going to be. And then ironically enough, the Stanley hotel that him and his wife stayed at, they stayed in room 217, which is what it is in the book, not necessarily in the movie, but we'll get to that. So the first draft of The Shining took less than four months for him to complete. Wow. Which I feel like is a pretty quick turnaround. Especially because it's what, 500? No, it's 600, 600 pages. Yeah. But I think because he had so many ideas already like yeah. in his mind, he was like ready to go. He's ready to write it. So the title was inspired by the John Lennon song, Instant Karma, which contains the line, we all shine on. Oh. So I thought that was pretty interesting. And then um, the book is followed by the sequel, Dr. Sleep, which was published in 2013. I love Stephen King. 
I didn't think I would, but after having read The Outsider not too long ago, and then mm-hmm. now reading this, like I'm, I'm, I'm a fan. My friend is, like, my best friend is obsessed with him. So when I told her we were doing this, she's like, "Oh my god, I'm so jealous you get to read it for the first time." Um, I'm Russia's best friend, but sorry, <laughs> my other kidding. best friend. Yes. <laughs> no, it's just, I thought it was interesting because the last couple books, you know, we've read. Uh, are from or from authors that I don't know much about. Mm-hmm. So it was a you know, and some of them have been a little bit of a struggle to read. So he was like a breath of fresh air. Yeah. <laughs> like I could follow what he was talking about. I don't know why, but for some reason, when I hadn't ever read anything of his, I had that feeling that he was going to be a very hard to read author, mm-hmm. and it's actually turned out to be not the case, which just, I'm actually pleasantly surprised. He's about. just a long writer. Yes, everything he writes is very long and detailed, which I appreciate. <laughs> so the movie. I mean, we should actually say. This is episode two of our Halloween episode. Yes. Forgot to mention that. So <laughs> I'm forcing Rosha to read all these horror and scary movies and books. What did you think? Were you scared? The movie? So before I had done any of this, like, you know, it's such an iconic movie. So mm-hmm. everyone's like, you haven't seen The Shining? What do right. you mean? So I think I had built it up in my head to be this crazy, scary movie. Mm-hmm. But having read the book before, I think I prepared myself a little bit. <laughs> right. And then I watched the movie, and it's actually not as scary as I no. thought it was going to be. And that, that, I, think, I feel like that happens a lot with movies that were made in, you know, 40 years ago. Or, yeah. You know, so, but I'm sure 40 years ago it was scary. True. I think, yeah, I think you're right about that. It almost becomes comical because of the way that it was made so long ago. Mm-hmm. Certain things are... I don't know, just don't seem as scary. Yeah, I almost feel like if they were to do it right now in 2020, it would be absolutely terrifying. You're probably right about that. <laughs> so the uh, movie got a 93% on Rotten Tomatoes. Wow. Which I think is the highest that we've had so far, yep. next to Crazy Rich Asians. Yep. <laughs> the box office totals were just over $45 million dollars. Uh, in the U.S. and it only cost about 19 million to make, so it did that, really well. Is that good for 1980? I think so. I mean, you're making a profit either way. True. So, so it seemed to to be a hit everywhere else. But I mean, I think it has such a following right. that it wasn't hard, especially with Stephen King. He had already had a couple movies out at that point, mm-hmm. so people knew what they were getting sure. into. Yeah. So I could have done, or we could have done, an entire podcast just on the facts that I found about this movie and the book. <laughs> it's crazy. I was so fascinated by a lot of the things that I found. So one of the things that we, you know, talked about, like w- there's a couple scenes in the movie that are just iconic, mm-hmm. you know, right off the bat, the, the twins that show up iconic, the here's Johnny yes. iconic. Both of those do not happen in the book, yeah. which is, you know, fascinating. We'll talk about that in a little bit, but the here's Johnny uh, scene was all improvised by Jack Nicholson. <laughs> he was the one that took that and ran with it. And actually he, he said it and the director was like, what are you talking? Like what, what who's was Johnny? That? Like who's Johnny? Like, what are you talking about? Well, Nicholson had taken it from uh, the tonight show and it was and Johnny from, Carson. Yeah. And so they, he did it, but Kubrick isn't from the United States. So he had no idea. Ah. So he was like, what is this? And originally had taken it out of the movie, but everyone loved it so much that they were like, no, you should probably keep it in. Good thing they so, did. Luckily he did. And that scene that we're talking about where he, you know, axes in the door, <laughs> he had, it took three days for them to film it and over 60 different doors. Oh, wow. <laughs> and one of the reasons why I guess Jack Nicholson, before he became a famous actor, was a volunteer firefighter. So he was very, um, 
Good with an axe. Good with an axe. And so, <laughs> but I guess in movies, they normally make like prop, uh-huh. you know, uh, doors to make it easy. And so when they were filming it, it just seemed too easy. And they were like, what is wrong? And they were like, oh yeah, duh. It's a, like a fake door. Right. So they had to like reinforce the wood. to. So make Jack sure. was too good. He was too good. He was too <laughs> strong. <laughs> So as you touched on earlier, uh, room 217 is what is noted in the book. Mm -hmm. That is where, you know, something horrendous had happened in the movie. They reference it as room 237. And I was like, what? Like, why would you change that? Come to find out. Uh, the or is this film in Oregon at the Timberline Lodge? Mm-hmm. Just the exterior was sure. filmed, but they were so concerned about using two seventeen that they figured no one would ever want to stay in there. That they would just you know avoid it and they would be losing money. So they decided that they would make it two two thirty seven because they didn't have a two thirty seven. Oh. which actually ended up backfiring on them because they get a lot of people asking for room 217. They want to stay in that <laughs> yeah. room. Oh, so, and then they those them, people are yeah. crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, so I don't, I don't fully understand why they did that, but I mean, I guess. Also, why don't they have a 237? Is it just doesn't go up that high? Yeah, I guess uh. it probably just isn't. I don't know. There aren't that many rooms, uh, but you can stay there for the low price of $165 if you'd like. That's actually not bad. Not too bad. <laughs> so the big uh, maze in the movie, mm-hmm. we don't get this in the book, uh, but it's like a bit, I call it the Harry Potter maze because yeah. that's what it reminded me of or the labyrinth or whatever. It's not an actual maze. It's not hedges. It's actually built. It was actually built out of 900 tons of salt and crushed styrofoam. What? Yeah, you'd never know, right? No, it looks so real. Yeah. That's Crazy. Cool. Yeah. But they said that and it was really hot out, I guess, when they filmed this. And there was no air conditioning in the studio where they filmed it because it was actually built inside, obviously. Mm-hmm. And so uh, the actors had a really hard time with it because they're it's supposed to be really cold out. Right. So they're running through this maze and all this like <laughs> all these like parkas and yeah. stuff. And so they're like sweating underneath. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so as we mentioned, we don't get this maze in the book. Uh, in the book, they're actually hedge animals mm-hmm. that come to life. So, you know, bushes that look like lions or whatever. And Kubrick actually said that he felt that they weren't uh, workable parts. And so that's why he, see that. why he took it out. And you got to think, like, back then, the special effects were nowhere near what yeah. they are now. So in order to get that, I think it would have kind of cheesed it up True. a lot. So I was kind of okay with it, but I still was. I was too, because... For me, mazes are so scary. So oh. it almost like added a, like a feel of even more like scariness to me because oh, I was corn like corn mazes. I hate them. If I get stuck in this thing, like I, I know me, I would not be able to get out. <laughs> Panic. <laughs> Panic to the full extent. <laughs> well, you never know what's gonna pop out at you. That's true. Voldemort might come out. Oh God. <laughs> so Jack Nicholson, to get into character for this movie, he really wanted to get like that agitated feeling, which he did an amazing job. Yes. He actually, so he hates cheese, grilled cheese sandwiches. Like it's like his least favorite food, I guess. That's weird. Um, in order to get agitated, that's all he ate for two weeks. Wow. Like, on set. That's all he did. <laughs> I didn't think a grilled cheese could agitate someone so I much. I mean, I guess if you're hung, if you get hungry enough, maybe. <laughs> so the elevator scene that we get in the movie. Mm-hmm. So the blood coming mm-hmm. out of the elevator, they only had to do three takes of this. But it took so long for them to set it up and everything. It took almost a whole entire year 
until they got that scene because the director just kept feeling like it wasn't right. They didn't have enough blood and Mm -hmm. this, that, and the other, but it was one of like the most like drawn out scenes for them to do. So did they just like use a lot of like dark Kool-Aid or? Uh, I'm assuming like some cornstarch and stuff, but I would have been like, are we done with this? It seems like a terrible thing to have to try to clean up. Yeah. It turned out really good. (laughs) Yeah. It was great. One little Easter egg that you can find in the movie that there's actually a hidden Playgirl magazine in the movie did you catch it i did not it was right when jack gets to the to the overlook for his interview while he's waiting for them to come and talk to Uh him he's reading a playgirl magazine like one that he brought or was just sitting (laughs) in the hotel that's weird yeah i don't know it's just kind of they wanted it in there for some reason (laughs) some light reading yeah so the shining uh was one of the very first movies to ever use a steady cam Mm -hmm. and steady cams are the things that basically you can use and it's not like a jolting thing. It's like very steady. Not Blair Witch Project. (laughs) No. So it was one of the very first movies that it was like one of three movies that I ever used it at that time. So I thought that was, you know, new age technology, which is now used all the time. Right. Uh, So as I mentioned before, Stanley Kubrick and Stephen King, uh, for lack of a better term, they just don't get along. Mm. (laughs) They they did not see eye to eye on this whole project. Uh, Stephen King had originally written the screenplay, but Kubrick didn't like it and just basically tossed it out. King called the movie a big, beautiful Cadillac with no engine inside of it. Wow. And that he just thought it was, there's a difference between fire and ice with the movie and the book. And I agree. It lacked, that he thought it lacked passion and it was cold and calculated and he just didn't fully love it. They actually, in the miniseries that they ended up creating later on, uses a lot more of the screenplay that King had written i'll so. have to check that out then. yeah evidently it's a lot scarier too i guess oh, so never mind <laughs> <laughs> so the movie set actually ended up burning down which is very interesting because as we know in the book mm-hmm. the hotel burns down yes so uh towards the end of shooting a huge fire broke out and so they ended up having there was like 2.5 million dollars worth of damage that they ended up having to build back up mm-hmm. and there's actually a really famous picture of kubrick standing outside of the wreckage uh, with with it oh wow and he's smiling but it's like you know it, it's almost ironic to the fact yeah. that you know in the book it right. burned down and so well and yeah the, the ending in the movie is so different from that yeah so that's ironic well and the colorado the colorado lounge which is like the big like dining room ballroom mm-hmm. thing in there um was one of the sets that burned down and they ended up having to rebuild it and they had these huge high ceilings or whatever uh but the way it was rebuilt uh steven spielberg ended up using that same set to film uh one of the tombs for raiders of the lost ark that's cool the indiana jones movies which i thought was cool uh and then lastly you know, we were talking about the ending of the movie a little bit and it actually changed even from what Kubrick did. So after the movie came out in theaters, the very first weekend, he ended up re-editing it after it already went to theaters and took out the last part of it. The last part that he actually included was more about kind of the epilogue in the book uh-huh. um, and has Holleran in it. And so, but I guess he decided it just wasn't right and he took it out. 
That's crazy. crazy. Yeah. So. Also, I don't think I've ever heard of a movie after being released, mm-hmm. then going back and re- editing yeah, it, essentially, it's crazy. and re-releasing it. That's, that is but, crazy. But, yeah, so that was only just a handful. I, I really urge you guys, if you ever have some time, to just read through the facts of this. There's so many other things yeah. that have happened. There's, like, conspiracy theories about what this book and movie are oh, about. Great. It's wild. But those are a, fun, a couple of fun ones that I wanted yeah, to share. Yeah, I purposely <laughs> don't read the movie facts because I want to, like, get the yeah. full reaction when you tell me but that's yeah I, I kept seeing everything like oh all the fun facts about the shining obviously they're always about the movie not yeah. about the book but <laughs> but i like that that's crazy so the cast of the movie i mean right off the bat jack torrance who is the main character of the movie is played by jack nicholson and I mean, he is head and shoulders above everybody in 100%. this movie. He's phenomenal. Like, I love him. He's he's getting up there. He's like 83 years old right now. Is so, he really? Yeah, and you had actually asked me, you're like, you know, in the, in the book, Jack is supposed to be, you know, like in his 30s. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, he might have been that. I guess he, he was actually 43 when the movie came out. Okay. So. I think I have my picture of what Jack looks like now. So yeah. I can't ever imagine him being younger. <laughs> he is just, uh, he's so great. He's won, um, he's won 86 acting awards, including three Oscars. Um, which include Best Actor for a Leading Role in One uh, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest in 1976. So he was an Oscar award winner by the time he filmed this this movie. He turned down um, the role of another Stephen King movie called, or book called Misery, Mm -hmm. which I take it you've never seen that one. No. Uh, Don't. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we might have to get, we might get to that next Halloween. But he actually turned it down, um, after he did the adaptation of The Shining, he didn't feel like doing another Stephen King, <laughs> King movie at the time. But interesting enough, he did uh, have some influence in the movie. Uh, the scene where Wendy comes up to him while he's type while he's typing and he yells at her, mm-hmm. he actually wrote that whole entire scene himself. Wow! And he took it from his from personal experience. One of his ex-wives, I guess, um, or ex-wife, I don't remember. One of, <laughs> one one of, of them, many. <laughs> um, was That was one of the bit hard things in his relationship is that he was trying to write and do all this stuff and mm. she kept bugging him. Mm. So he actually just put that on paper and got to act it out, which wow. I thought was funny. That's a very um, good scene too. So yeah. props to him. <laughs> just alone, like, the looks that he gives in this movie make me like shiver. <laughs> he's he's the, so the combination great. of his eyes with those eyebrows. I'm just like, uh, he's I can't fun- look at he's you. just phenomenal. He and uh, they said that Stanley actually considered Robert De Niro and Robin Williams for this part. Could never have seen Robin Williams. No. Maybe De Niro, but De, I, De this, Niro always gives me that like New Yorky like yeah. mobster vibe. So I could not no, see that. This is Jack Nicholson's <laughs> yeah, character too. For sure. Uh, and <laughs> so. Uh, we'll move on to Wendy Torrance. I will say she ruined this movie for me. She was awful. She was awful. And um, I urge everyone listening to go to our Instagram page uh, at the Booby Girls because I have shared a scene um, from the movie that I almost turned it off. <laughs> there is a scene where she is running up the stairs oh God, yes. and her hands are fla- fa- flailing. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't understand it. So let me get into a little bit. Originally... Jack Nicholson wanted Jessica Lange to pick, to play this. And I was like, she would yes. have been perfect. Yes. Jessica Lange is amazing, which is so funny because she's played in a lot of the American horror stories, yes. including hotel, yes. which 
the hotel is one of my favorite seasons ever, but she's amazing. Oh. And I could, I can see, especially like in her young, Oh my you know, God, she oh. would have been perfect. So anyway, so that ruins it even more. Um, oh, that hurts my heart actually. <laughs> so, oh wait, I, I think I skipped ahead. So Wendy Torrance is played by Shelley Duvall. No one cares because <laughs> no she cares. was awful. <laughs> um, so she played pop or she played Olive in the 1980 film or 1980s film of Popeye. Uh, that's probably the most other significant thing she's done. Is she awful in that too? Probably. <laughs> um, so her and Stanley Kubrick did not get along at all. They did play chess in between like sets, but they had a really hard time with each other during filming. And actually like one of the shots that we're talking about, the the one, the running mm-hmm. scene took a long time. They, she made him do, made her do it over and over and over again. And that's what they ended up with. Right. Crazy. (laughs) So anyways, there's another scene where she's holding a baseball, the baseball Mm -hmm. bat scene. (laughs) He made her do that scene 127 times. And it is the world record for the number of takes in any uh, film set. And it was still awful. And it was still awful. I was like, I don't know at what point do you just recast because she was so bad. I literally wanted to go into my TV screen and pull the bat away from her it was, <laughs> so she would she's stop so bad flicking, and i guess she was like this this character stressed her playing this character stressed her out so much that she had like nervous exhaustion she had health issues after it and her hair started falling out because she was so stressed out yeah they definitely should have recasted her i just like don't understand it and she's actually was inducted into the texas film hall of fame in 2020 and i'm like in what, what in what universe <laughs> but stephen king uh, agrees with us and he says <laughs> um he goes basically that you know kubrick ruined that character and that he just put her there to scream and be stupid it was it was actually excruciating to watch it was really like, bad and and i was upset about it because i loved her character mm-hmm. development in the book she almost becomes this like kind of badass totally towards the end totally and She's awful. She's ugh. she's awful. Can we move on? I, I yes. can't. <laughs> so moving on to Danny Torrance, who is the son of Wendy and Jack, um, is played by uh, Danny Lloyd. The Shining is the only movie he's ever done. Really? Um, he was credited in like one other film that's about The Shining, so oh, okay. it doesn't fully count. He is gonna he does make an appearance in the new Doctor Sleep as like an extra spectator. Oh. So that'll be interesting to try to like point him out when yeah. we watch that one. Uh but he was selected for the role by Stanley because I guess his ability to concentrate for an extended periods of time really helped out with it, I guess. What I thought was interesting, they said they interviewed like or they auditioned like 4,000 kids for this. Um, What I thought was interesting is that he was six years old in the movie, which he actually seemed older in the movie to me. I don't know why. I think that's just his demeanor. (laughs) Yeah. He he kind of has like an old soul type kid. So I'll give him that. But for some reason, Stanley Kubrick wanted to hide him from like all the bad things that happened in the movie. So he didn't actually know that it was a horror movie till several years later. (laughs) They just had him film everything. But if you think about it, he's not in any of like the real scary scenes. They don't play out any of that. Like it's in the book. So he had no idea. He thought it was just some like drama movie. So like when he's sitting there on the, on the bed and he's like convulsing, he didn't think that that was weird. He just thought it was like, it was like a drama. It wasn't, had nothing to do with anything scary. Well, props to him. Cause in my opinion, he made it work. Yeah. I mean, it was fine. He needed a haircut, but. Oh, I like his hair. <laughs> like the 1980s kid, yeah, I guess. Uh, but yeah, that was the only film he ever did. And he ended up becoming a science teacher at a community college and still teach, teaches today. 
good for him. So he was fine. <laughs> I, I, I think they missed a little bit in his character throughout the movie, but I don't think that was any fault No, that was him. clearly Stanley not wanting to go by the book. Right. <laughs> so the next character I have here is Holleran, which he is the cook for the yes. Overlook Hotel. Uh, it's played by Scatman Carruthers. Ooh, I like uh, that. His, his real name is Benjamin, but that's oh. what he goes by. <laughs> um, he's the voice of Jazz in the Transformer TV series. He did a lot of TV voices, mm-hmm. uh, including he was in a lot of episodes of Scooby-Doo. Uh, and he also is Scat Cat in the Aristocats movie. Oh. Um, and he was in uh, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest with uh, Jack Nicholson before. And funny enough, though, Kubrick initially had casted someone named Slim Pickens for this, <laughs> for this yeah, uh-huh. real name. Uh, and he's a white guy, but in the book is clear, you know, this character is clearly yes. a black man. So I'm glad that they ended up, you know, moving it to, Absolutely. <laughs> to him. I thought, I loved, I love this. I love his character in the book. And I, I liked too. him in the movie. I thought I it was, too. I thought he was great. Yeah. Uh, next character is Mr. Ullman. He's played by uh, Barry Nelson. He appeared in a lot of different TV shows um, around that time, including Dallas and Taxi, Murder, She Wrote. And he's actually the very first person who has ever visually played James Bond. And that was in 1954. He did look familiar. He looked like Pat Sajak. Wheel of Fortune? <laughs> no, I know who you're talking about. Just... That's, that's what he looks like to me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but I thought he was fine. Uh, I thought the... Um, his character, you know, demeanor was a lot different in the movie than I than I expected it to be. Agreed. Uh, from from the book, he but seemed much more like friendly. open, yeah, friendly <laughs> and open to Jack and yeah. him, be, him working. So there. I guess it worked for the way they portrayed him in the movie, but I yeah. didn't fully love it in the way they did it. But uh, last person I have on here is Mr. Grady, is played by Philip Stone. Don't really have much background on him. He was fine, I guess. Kind of an interchangeable character. Totally. Well, and with the exception of like the end of the movie, there's not much that he contributes. That's very true. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Time for our game rounds. First up is who said it. I'm going to read you some quotes and you have to guess who said it. I'm nervous for this one because it was a long book. (laughs) Oh, I think I picked some easy ones. Okay. Red rum. (laughs) (laughs) All right. First one. Hotels are superstitious places. No 13th floor or room 13. No mirrors on the back of the door you come in through. Stuff like that. Um, also, is I didn't know mirror on the back of the door was like a thing. I didn't either. Because you literally have a door next to me right now that has a mirror behind it. Yeah, it's it's going to crack and <laughs> a, a demon's going to walk out of it. Um, but was that Mr. Ullman? No, uh, that was Watson. The care or what is he? Watson. He's the he's the caretaker. The normal caretaker during season. Yeah, Watson. (laughs) Makes a very brief appearance in the movie. He also seemed very different from the movie. Yeah, looks a lot nicer in the movie. (laughs) All right, next one. That wagon is the biggest and best float in the world parade, and everybody is lining the streets and clapping and cheering and waving, all for you, except for the winos passed out in the gutter. Those guys used to be your friends, but that's all behind you now. Is that Jack? Yes. Yes. He's talking to himself. Uh. (laughs) Next one. Yes, they promise, but they lie. These are hard. (laughs) Really? Go with Wendy. Danny. Dang it. (laughs) Last one. This one, hopefully you should get. Red rum. (laughs) No. (laughs) The world's a hard place, Danny. It don't care. It don't hate you and me, but it don't love us either. Terrible things happen in the world, and they're things no one can explain. 
Hollerman. Hollerman. <laughs> I matched those two you together. Hollerman? Hollerman. <laughs> yes. Hey! I feel like you kind of cheated there. No, it's fine. I got it right. Point. All right, fine. All right. Next up, we've got F. Mary Kill. So it was hard picking because, I mean, you obviously have Jack and Wendy who are key characters. Yes. I couldn't pick Danny because he's not of age. True. So I've picked the next best thing, I guess. So I picked Jack, Wendy, and Holleran. Okay. Uh, well, we're going to kill Wendy for sure <laughs> with the baseball knife, the baseball bat, the knife, the cold, anything. Yeah. Um. Oh, man. Let's marry Holleran because he's the chef and... That's kind of my theme. If you can cook, we're going to get married. Um, and then I will get a room with Jack. you get a room. Will it be 217? Yeah, I'll get room 217 with Jack, please. Um, I'm going to agree with you. Wow. Well, there's not many options. There. That's true. Okay. You ready for this? No, but let's just do it anyway. Spooky-ooky. <laughs> Uh, right at the bat, though, uh, so we watched this movie streaming from Vudu, mm-hmm. uh, and I loved the the poster that was that was there. Oh yeah, yeah it's like the, the red with the axe. Yeah, it's really cool. I liked Just it too. A side note: it was very <laughs> horror horror classic. Yes. <laughs> so the movie opens up with a big scene of a yellow bug winding up the road of the mountain. Side note. <laughs> This is the very first jab that Kubrick took on Stephen King because Stephen King has a red bug and that was included in the book. Oh, yeah. And Kubrick wanted to change it to yellow. And way later on in the movie, uh, we see a knocked over like semi truck. Mm -hmm. Well, if you look really closely, the semi truck is crushing a red bug. Oh, my God. (laughs) So. Wow. They really had it out for each other. Yeah. So petty, you know. Petty, petty. Uh, funny story about the the opening scene. The soundtrack was very like ominous and like yeah. you know dark. The like pounding sound. I was watching it with my dog next to me, and he was like on a high alert because he was like, "What is that sound? Where is it coming from?" He started barking. I'm like, "Dude, it's fine. We're good." Another side note. So throughout the movie, there's a lot of like classic like rear, rear, mm-hmm. rear, like side slasher note, movies. Slasher movies. Yeah. There's at one point. <laughs> There's one point where it gets so high pitched. And like you, I was watching it with Abby, my Mm -hmm. dog. She doesn't react. All of a sudden, boyfriend Ray comes in through the door. And he's like, what is that sound? I was like, what is that? Like a dog whistle? Like Abby didn't even move, but you heard it. I thought it was really funny. But yeah, the Your dog is a really good guard dog. She is. um, So is boyfriend Ray, evidently. But yeah, the the scoring of this movie is a little jarring to say the least (laughs) so we're at the overlook hotel jack is doing an interview with mr ollerman um and like i mentioned very different kind of character very welcoming yes Um, he seems very happy yeah very (laughs) uh i will say that the the setting for the inside of the hotel was not as grand as Mm -hmm. i had it pictured in my mind i have when i was reading the book i was still having the stanley hotel uh in my mind of of what it was going to look like. Yeah. And the overlook that is portrayed in the movie is a little bit darker. Um, I think you also have to keep in mind this is a movie that was made in 1980. I know. So it, it may look outdated to us, but might yeah. have been cool then. I know, well, and, you know, I was going to mention this earlier. The Stanley Hotel, which is based off, it's based mm-hmm. off of, is has been done by so many, like, ghost adventures and ghost hunters. And I watch all of that stuff. So yeah. I, that's all I see in my I mind. I see. Got it. <laughs> but anyways. Uh, and so... Right off the bat, Allerman says that my people in Denver 
recommended you for this job. And that's not how it happened in the book. In the book, he gets this job a little bit differently. Yeah. So in the book, there is a character by the name of Al Shockey. We come to find out that this guy uh, worked with Jack back in his previous job. He was a a teacher at a a prep school. Prep school, which I thought was like college, but no, it was definitely high school. Yeah. But basically, you know, Al was his friend, his drinking buddy, and he was fired from that job because he had an incident with a student where he... Lost his temper. Yes, lost That's his temper. That's a huge theme in, yes, in the book. Yes, yes, he does mention that multiple times. Long story short, the, the student's like slashing his tires and he goes off on him and like is physical with him. So he loses his job and Al Shockey actually recommends him for the job at the Overlook. And yes. that's how it happens in the book. And almost protect, he protects him in the book too. Like at one point, like <laughs> he's getting ready to almost be fired and Al makes sure that he doesn't get fired. Yeah, he's like his like... Uh, I don't even know. Little bodyguard. Little bodyguard. (laughs) It's like, don't, don't fire him. So they go on to describe that, you know, the hotel is open, you know, during the spring and summer, and then it shut down through the winter and that they're looking for someone to take, just basically take care of the hotel, make sure it doesn't blow up. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, But they, you know, they really do talk about how it's very easy to make it feel isolated up there and you can go crazy. And they go on to talk about how, there was a caretaker before him named Mr. Grady. And he talks about how Mr. Grady had a mental breakdown and he axed up his family Mm -hmm. and shot himself. And that's actually what happens in the book as well. They talk about that. Um, They say that he had cabin fever. So uh, important character. He comes into play a little bit later, but one of the things that Jack says during this time in the movie, he goes, my wife loves ghost stories and she's a horror film addict. She'll (laughs) love it. And I was like, I don't think she does, Jack. Yeah, not that wife. <laughs> <laughs> no, she doesn't. Uh, but at the same time, during at this point in the book, um, they take Jack downstairs to the boiler room and they explain a little bit more in depth on what it entails for the job. Yeah. So in the book, Watson, who's the normal caretaker, kind of runs through the day to day, but explains that this boiler is very temperamental. You can't let it get to a certain point. Otherwise, the hotel will blow up. Right. And his whole, his, his main job throughout the winter is to heat different parts of the hotel to keep it consistent so that when they reopen, it'll be fine. So the boiler room is a key part in the book, <laughs> right? but it's literally just like brushed over in the movie. <laughs> yeah. Not even really mentioned at no. all. So at the same time, this scene, we are seeing Danny and Wendy at home. We see that, you know, Danny's a little off. There's a little strange kid. Yes. And he starts talking to his finger named Tony. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they say, you know, basically that Tony's his imaginary friend. And he says that Tony lives in his, lives in his mouth. And weird. I actually did re- read that um, it was, it was Danny, the actor, his idea to have Tony talk through his finger. That was an awful idea. It was very strange. (laughs) Uh, But in the book, Tony is described and introduced very differently. Yeah. In the book, he's essentially a, uh, I want to say almost like a mirage type of character Mm -hmm. that, that Danny sees visually. He's almost always out of reach of him. So he's always kind of walking away from him. But you do get the sense that he does feel like a physical character or physical person to Danny. Um, so very different than the movie. I felt like the movie kind of 
downplayed it and I hated that he was like talking to his finger. Yeah. It was was very strange. (laughs) And a lot, and they talk about in the book about how this Tony character kind of came to be when Jack and Wendy were having marital problems, which they don't talk about a whole lot in the movie at all. They kind of already are, you know, at their wits end with each other in the movie. But in the book, they, there's a, they do touch on this in the movie. At some point, Jack breaks Danny's arm as he loses his temper. Mm -hmm. Because of that, Wendy then feels, you know, frightful for Danny's safety and his, you know, health. So she starts having these thoughts about divorce. Well, she doesn't actually vocalize them to Jack, but because Danny has this, Shine. Shine. (laughs) That he actually kind of already knows about it and he is concerned because he doesn't want his parents to to break up. And and Tony kind of comes into all of that once, you know, that all blows over. Well, and in the book, I feel like the whole red rum concept right off the bat is I think it's introduced like the first time we hear about Tony too. So I thought that was... We didn't we didn't get that till way later in the no. movie. And one of the first kind of visual visions that Danny sees in the book is is essentially one of the key parts of the end of the movie where you know there's a ominous character that's holding a, some sort of mallet or some sort mm-hmm. of, you know, thing that uh, Danny doesn't really know what it is yet, but and he's frightened about it and that's not mentioned in the movie at all. At all. <laughs> uh, and so but then we see Danny go in the movie, we see him go into this like trance. Mm-hmm. And they do talk about that a lot in the book. And in this particular one, we see this is the first blood running in down the hallway. And then we get the flash of the twins yes. that show up. There's no twins in the book. And I'm assuming they don't really mention this in the movie. These twins, I guess, are supposed to be the girls that the old caretaker had killed. Yeah. So I think in the book, there is a brief mention of it kind of later in the book. But you you do understand that they are Grady's kids. Yeah. But there's really no other talk about it. Yeah. It's very strange. And so... But these girls are very obviously iconic in the yeah. movie. Like people talk about them to this people day. People dress up in them as Halloween right, characters, so all that. So I guess it worked out for the movie. Yeah, I guess so. So Danny comes out of this trance and then we see a doctor in their household, which that doesn't happen in the book. They do go see a doctor way later, mm-hmm. um, not in their house. Um, she said that there's nothing really wrong with him. It's self-induced. And then they talk about how, you know, they mention the fact that Jack dislocated his shoulder, mm-hmm. Danny's shoulder. And I was like, dislocated his shoulder? No, he definitely broke his arm. Yeah, <laughs> full-blown broke. Yeah, so I thought that was interesting <laughs> that they decided to change that. Uh, and they did, and then she mentions that it was after that when Jack stopped drinking. Mm-hmm. And actually in the book, I think he doesn't actually stop drinking until, I think it's after he gets fired or... No. It's, it, is it? Yeah. That's the reason yes, behind it? Yes, because he, he kind of goes... Uh, it, it's not necessarily the reason behind it, but he chooses that point to stop drinking because when he has the incident with the student, he's fully sober for that oh you're right so yeah i think that was one of those things that was like oh why would he still lose it if he's right. sober got it clearly there's something wrong <laughs> up there one thing i did like about this movie is that there's like different sections so it's like boom closing yes. day boom wednesday <laughs> and i was like oh for my notes this is so much easier so boom it's closing day <laughs> so closing day at the hotel is the last day that the hotel is going to be open before winter hits so we see that so we in the in the book, we kind of get this back and forth of like, you know, are they going to go? Are they not going to go? They're hesitant. They're in the movie. They're, they're on their way. Yeah. They're, they've made the decision. They're going. And in the 
book, we get this scene where they pull over on the side, on the side of the road Mm -hmm. and Danny almost faints when he first looks at the, at the hotel. And so, you know, right off the bat, like this isn't good for this kid. Yeah. Like he Um, knows shit's about to go down. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And we don't get that in the movie, but what they did include is at one point, Wendy mentions the Donner party. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I love this because she mentions it multiple times in the movie or in the book. And I'm like, yeah, I'd be thinking the same thing. <laughs> I don't know much about the Donner party, but it sounds like it wasn't a good time. <laughs> uh, no, basically they were um, traveling by foot and got caught in a really bad snowstorm. And so they had to eat each other. That's awful. That's basically what it is. <laughs> you should definitely Google that. Cause I'm spr- I'm shocked. You didn't know that story. No, but <laughs> are you shocked though? No, that's fine. <laughs> so we get to see their apartment quarters. Um, they're kind of giving them a little bit of a tour of the hotel at this point. Um, and we get to see the hedge maze, uh, mm-hmm. which we, we talked about earlier. And I, I thought it was really cool. It's kind of like, like you said, it adds a little bit of the creepiness of the whole thing. Yeah, for sure. But also uh, funny though, the hotel actually started to build a um, hedge maze after this movie came out. Because people wanted it. That's insane. <laughs> people are crazy. And they talk about how all of the booze were, uh, you know, taken out of the hotel. In the book, I think they say that it was drank by all of the all of the people on yeah. the last day. Here they just say Which that, I would do that. Yeah. Here they say it's an insurance thing. Whatever. Whatever. Um, a couple things that they left out of the of this tour that they were giving mm-hmm. them is the presidential suite yes. which is mentioned in the book it's a huge part in the book uh so basically uh during this tour danny is actually with uh his parents while they're doing the tour and they go into this presidential suite and immediately danny sees blood and what looks like brain matter Gross. splattered on the walls um so he knows that something crazy has happened in this room so i'm kind of bummed that they didn't include that because that was another weird scary thing about this hotel that they kind of just took out yeah. of the movie <laughs> and also in during this tour they get into one of the weird elevators yes <laughs> which we kind of get a scene of the elevator, as yeah. you mentioned earlier, with with the blood rushing in. But when I was reading this book, I felt like the elevator was one of those, like, old school, like, you had to, like, flip up yeah. the, the thing, flip it down, creaky, like, scary. And I didn't get that vibe at all. Um, no. But it is it is a key part in the book. There's a lot of incidents where things happen in this elevator throughout the book. So I was bummed that they didn't include yeah. that movie. And then during this tour, this is where we get to meet Mr. Holleran, who is the cook. Um, he gives them a tour of the kitchen and all of the food. And, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh my gosh, this would be... I wish someone would just come and stock my apartment for the winter and then I don't have to do anything. <laughs> the problem is, like, I still have to cook it and yeah, I wouldn't know what to do. He'd be like, can you, like, pre-make me some yeah. meals? <laughs> Uh, and we see him call Danny Doc mm-hmm. for the first time. They call Danny Doc throughout the book and the and the movie, and they reference it saying, you know, it's like Bugs Bunny. Mm-hmm. So Mister Holleran ends up calling him that, and they're like, we never told you that right. that we called him that, but they kind of brush it off, whatever. And then they're in the pantry, and. Holleran looks at him and he goes in his, you can hear in his mind saying, Danny, do you want to get some ice yes. cream? And it's kind of a creepy moment. <laughs> I agree. Um, it's not, that's not how it happens. <laughs> it's not how it happens in the book. And then he comes out and he actually asks Danny out loud if he wants to go get some yeah. ice cream. And he sits there and talks to Danny while they're eating ice cream about, you know, this thing they call the shine and, and everything. And uh, it happens a li- quite a bit differently 
in the book. Yeah. So in the book, I mean, the the I, the concept of it is about the same. He kind of tells them the same kind of thing. But it's as Halloran's leaving the hotel for the winter, and he actually asks Danny to, like, help him with his luggage. They go into his car, and at this point, Wendy's, like, watching them, like is this guy going to try to take my son? Yeah, like, it was a very <laughs> 80s moment of, like, where no one, like, <laughs> like thinks of those things right yeah, now. Yeah, like, I would have oh. been like, um, I would not have let my child yeah. just go into this they random car. They definitely had their doors unlocked all yeah. the time. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they're sitting in the car, and he, you know, as you mentioned, he tells them about the shine, and kind of that this is more of, like, a precognition. So um, he even has Danny try a um, an attempt to tell... Halloran something through his mind to kind of test it out and it actually ends up working a little too well almost in the book um and then uh, his parting phrase to him was kind of if you ever feel like you need help come to me through your your you know your thoughts yeah scream it through your thoughts and I will be able to hear you yeah so that comes into play later and he does mention him he's like do not go into room 217 yes he's like stay (laughs) out like stay out of there and he you know so he mentions that in both yeah in both the book but he also says you know these things have happened in the past and you are able to see them they may not necessarily hurt you yeah he 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 tells them it's they're like a picture in a book they can't hurt you right he's wrong <laughs> very wrong <laughs> very wrong so at this point in the book um you know there's a few more things that happen um including jack is kind of doing you know around the property and he finds a wasp net and we don't get that part yeah. from from the book at all and i know i was kind of bummed about that because i do think that that would have been interesting to see but essentially he's he's cleaning he sees this wasp's nest he gets stung by it actually by one of the mm-hmm. wasps and he thinks Oh, when I was a kid, I actually had a wasp's nest, like, you know, a broken down one without the actual wasp's nest. Also, in it. I was like, why? Why, why <laughs> is this a know. thing? So he decides to bug bomb this uh, wasp's nest and give it as a present to his son, Danny. Well, because I think the hotel has other plans for Danny, certain wasps or a bunch of wasps actually end up coming out of this thing and stinging him like crazy. And I re- I was reading this and I was like, oh my God, I can feel it in my yeah, hand. Like I it, was shocked they didn't include this. Yeah, in the I was movie. a little bummed. Yeah, like I said, um, but... But yeah, they took they took it out completely. I don't know why, but yeah. And then they end up taking him to the doctor. That this is where the doctor. That's comes where the doctor play. comes in. Yeah. So they, they essentially go down the mountain, find a doctor. Um, the doctor ends up doing a bunch of tests on him to kind of see why he is the way he is. But kind of like in the movie, he kind of concludes that there's not really much wrong with Danny. He just has this sort of precognition pre you know he can read his parents mind from the from the lobby right yeah because i think wendy's thinking certain things and he's able to tell the doctor like yeah this is my my mom's worried about me and this is why Mm -hmm. so he he tells them there's not much you can do but you know he should be fine (laughs) he's fine and he's also wrong yes a lot of wrong people yeah and so at this point in the book they go back up to the hotel and this scene that we miss from the book is a huge part of the book. And it's about the backstory and the history of the hotel. Yeah. Jack goes down to the basement and finds something mm-hmm. that really turns the corner in the book. Yeah. He finds a scrapbook that has old newspaper clippings and articles and different things about the history of the overlook as you know, predated from when it started to the different, uh, owners that have you know owned the 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 property and all this stuff and he kind of takes that and runs with it and thinks oh well i'm kind of struggling with what i'm writing 
maybe I can start writing about the Overlook. And again, we don't get any of this in the movie, but he decides to call Mr. Ullman and ask him, like, why didn't you tell me about all of this history when when I was interviewing? And he's like, it's none of your business. And he's like, well... I'm actually thinking about writing, uh, you know, some, you know, mm-hmm. history of, of the hotel. And so he gets a quick call from his old pal, Al, and he <laughs> yeah. basically threatens him. He's like, don't write anything about this. It sounds like Al has some stake in the hotel and he mm-hmm. doesn't want him to do any of that. Again, huge part in the book, completely taken out of the movie. Well, yeah, we, that's where we find out about the the gangsters in the presidential suite. Right. We find out that Danny... Whatever Danny's seen is what has happened right. in this hotel. Which so, I guess if you're going to take out the presidential suite scene, you might as well yeah, take out the gangsters. I, just, I was really bummed that, <laughs> yeah. that that wasn't in there because I just thought it was. It just added to what this whole hotel is about. Well, um, and I think it also adds to Jack's like obsession with the hotel mm-hmm. as well. So you yep. kind of lose that. Well, and if you remember in that scene that you were just talking about, at one point, Jack is like, why am I calling him? Yeah. Like, wait, what? Why am I calling and yelling at him? Right. So you you get the feeling like Jack is no longer in, tr- control, in control, you know? Yes. So, but then the next thing we do, boom, boom, one month later. <laughs> <laughs> and Danny's riding around in, in a tricycle type thing. And that looks so fun, by the way. It looks so fun until, like, you know, ghosts show up. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but we see him riding around, and then we see, you know, Wendy making breakfast for Jack in bed. And Jack makes this comment that he feels like he's been there before. Mm-hmm. So you're starting to get, you know, a thing that, that this hotel is getting into his mind. Yeah. Uh, and then this is when we see uh, Danny and Wendy go into the Harry Potter maze. <laughs> and, you know, and there's actually a mini version of, of the uh, maze yeah. inside of the hotel, which I thought was interesting because they talk about, in the book, there's like a little version of the hotel in the playground. That's true. So I thought this, was, I mean, it was a little bit different, yeah. but. I actually like that scene because, you know, he kind of is looking down and you, you almost see like little versions of yes. Wendy and Danny kind of walking <laughs> through the maze. Uh, it actually said that that was the only scene that really had to be edited outside of the film set. Oh, okay. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. It had to be done through the computers yeah. or whatever. And you can totally tell. Yeah. Uh, but really that whole, that whole kind of segment is just kind of watching them settle in to the mm-hmm. hotel and that things okay might be okay. And then whoosh, Tuesday. <laughs> boom, boom. <laughs> I'm really enjoying this. Yeah, I know. I, I mean, I appreciate it that the movies do this. So Danny is outside of room 237 and he gets a flash of the twins. We get in the book, we do see Danny, you know, outside of room, what is called 217. Mm-hmm. And he at that point he doesn't go in, um, but something else happens to him in the book in the hallway at this time. Yes. So he sees a fire hose that is kind of, you know, normal hotels have them. Now but they're old school. Right. Old school. <laughs> I, I keep, I kept thinking about Titanic, how, yes. <laughs> how they have them in, yes. the, in the ship. And we all know how that worked well, out. <laughs> um, so essentially when he's walking past it the first time, it's, it's facing a certain way. And then he, as he's leaving, he sees that the head has kind of fallen off. Mm-hmm. Um, so he, rightfully so freaks out he starts trying to get past it and this thing essentially comes to life and becomes like a snake style Scary. thing <laughs> chases <him. laughs> that chases him and you know it's all in his head 
because eventually he like closes his eyes and it goes back to normal. But again, another creepy crawly thing that doesn't happen yeah. in the movie. <laughs> the next thing we get in the movie is when is the scene I was talking about that Jack Nicholson wrote mm-hmm. is the scene where Wendy interrupts him during his writing. And one of the big themes in the book is Jack is trying to finish this play that mm-hmm. he started. He's been, you know, in Esquire and has done all these other things and he hasn't written a lot. So yeah. he wants to take the time while he's working there to finish this play, which they don't really mention a whole lot in the movie. Yeah, it's more um, of a he's got a lot of ideas but none of them are that great right so he's trying to figure out what to write <laughs> exactly and he loses it on wendy and i was like i was fine with it because i'm like wendy go away she's like, obnoxious go do something else <laughs> please and he tells her to get the f out of here mm-hmm. and i was like whoa <laughs> dang but yes go away <laughs> but at this point in the book because um, obviously we don't get that scene in the book mm-hmm. we actually see jack outside and he's cutting the hedges in the, mm-hmm. on the ground and something else happens completely different. Yes. So the hedges at this point, I believe are covered with snow or yes. Is, yes. So they're, they're covered with snow and he's doing what he's doing. And then he notices that they've essentially moved yeah. and now they look like they're almost menacing and they, they look like they might attack him. At it's like red point. light, green light. Yeah. <laughs> Anytime he turns yes. around, they move. Yes. And it, it seems like the hedges are kind of protecting the hotel. So again, whatever is creepily going on in the hotel is also affecting these hedge animals. Um, nothing necessarily happens. And then Jack kind of convinces himself that it was all in his head. He didn't actually see it. But again, we start to see, like, this isn't just affecting Danny. Like, it is fully yes. starting to affect Jack. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously, those hedge animals were taken out of the of the movie. Obviously, that's maze, yeah. why we, we didn't get that scene. <laughs> and then, boom, boom, Thursday. <laughs> the big snowstorm hits. We've been, when, in the book, they talk, there's a lot of buildup to yes. the snow. Because they know once the snow hits, they cannot get home. Right. They're, Up until they're this done. point, they've kind of made a couple trips down, you yeah. know, down the mountain and all that stuff. Yep. And we see Jack just kind of like sitting and staring out the window. That was creepy. Very creepy. <laughs> it was like Leo and Great Gatsby just staring out the window. Um, <laughs> totally different, but okay. Same, same. <laughs> and whoosh, Saturday, boom, boom. <laughs> the phone lines are down. Because of the snow. The phone lines are down. I love the switchboard thing. Yes. That she had to Very use. Very old school. Like, so like 80s, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe that's what they do have to do. But she ends up calling the ranger, the ranger station. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, Wendy, what are they going to do? They don't care that your phones are down. They're like, um, ma'am, just keep your CB radio on. You'll be fine. <laughs> You'll be fine. And again, we see Danny in the hallway. He sees the twins again. Oh my gosh. This is like nightmarish. So they're like... Hello, Danny. Come and play with us. And I'm like, no, Danny, don't. <laughs> Forever and ever oh, and so ever. <laughs> creepy. And he's in this like game room, which is not in the yeah. in the book. They add this weird game room. So yeah, more creepy things. Ugh, ugh, sorry. <laughs> it's like really creeps me out. And then whoosh, Monday. Boom, boom. So the days are kind of flying by at this point. Danny finds his dad just sitting in the apartment. Jack's just sitting on the bed like going crazy yeah. just sitting there like comatose basically i would have run i would have run out of that room <laughs> and he asks his dad like if he feels bad and he asks him why he doesn't go to sleep and so now we know that jack isn't sleeping right he's basically just going nuts jack just says that he has too much to do too much to do he can't there's nothing and it's like 
what he, he's not actually doing anything, but he feels like he has a yes. bunch of stuff to do. And he asks, he's like, do you like this hotel? And he goes, yeah, he loves it. <laughs> and then he goes, I wish. And then Jack goes, I wish he could stay here. And it's like forever and, and ever. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> no, everyone needs to leave. <laughs> everyone needs to leave. And Danny asks, you know, would you ever hurt me and mommy? And Jack's like, in, in his mind, you, you know, he's saying like, yeah, obviously I would. Yeah. Just you wait. <laughs> yeah. So Danny is, you know, very perceptive now. Like there's some weird stuff going on in this hotel, but mm-hmm. also like there's some weird stuff going on with my dad yeah. too. Uh, I'm assuming like in the book, he kind of has a, um, has insight into kind of Danny or Jack and Wendy's brain. So I think he also knows like what's going on in their brain. Yeah. So he probably has, knows a lot more than most would. <laughs> well, and also what we don't get in the, in the movie is Danny trying to learn how to read because oh, yeah. he's, he can see words in the book, mm-hmm. but he, he doesn't know what they mean. So right. he's trying to figure out how to read <laughs> through the whole That's book. Right. <laughs> so Wednesday, boom, boom. Uh, Danny is playing with his trucks mm-hmm. in the hallway. And all of a sudden this ball rolls in. I'm like, Danny, don't follow that ball. Don't follow that ball. Uh, side note, that has happened to me before. Me, We need to have an after party about scary stories, like oh ghost God. stories. Okay. And that will be included. You guys stay tuned. <laughs> uh, but we see that Danny follows the ball and it's to room 237. And the doors now open. Mm-hmm. We actually, this is what I was talking about. So, we don't get this scene played out in the, movie. in the movie. I know. It's, you just basically see Danny go in and we know what happens differently in the book. Yeah. Well, in the book, uh, so he's struggling with, should I go into this room? Halloran told me not to. I don't know. Um, there's a like master key that he essentially steals yeah. and and goes into this room. So he, he walks in and you kind of get a feel for it later in the movie when Jack goes in, but not to the, this extent. But he walks in. He sees that the room's essentially you know empty. He walks into the bathroom and at first he doesn't see anything and then a figure appears in the bathtub so of course naturally he gets scared and he tries to run out while the doors magically close now doesn't think that he could just open the door he starts <laughs> right. banging on the door freaking out and he can feel this figure now coming back uh, you know coming up from behind him and essentially strangling him i just cannot imagine why we couldn't have that scene i have no idea maybe to your point if he didn't want the kid to go through all that traumatic experience hire a different kid like <laughs> i mean these poor child actors now go through that's literal true. literal that, hell and that's why they all have you know issues well, the price you pay i guess <laughs> <laughs> so in the movie now we see wendy is actually checking the boilers for yes. some reason because it's wendy's job now yeah. and while she's down there she's now hearing jack screaming upstairs mm-hmm. and this is actually the part i was telling you about where the, it's like the really high pitched thing. Oh, this okay. is where yeah, it yeah. happens. He she, she goes and she wakes up, wakes up Jack, and you actually get a a moment where Jack is back to almost his, mm-hmm. his himself. His normal self, yeah. And he's like, Oh my gosh, I just had a dream that I killed you and Danny. And in the book, this does kind of happen. He does have a dream, but he wakes up and he breaks the C B radio or the C B mm-hmm. radios. So kind of the same, but that was actually sure. a big part where he ends up breaking these radios in the book so it's, they have no connection right, to the outside which world. is awful <laughs> yeah so at the same time after she wakes up jack from the dream this is where danny comes in and he walks in and he has the bruises on his neck mm-hmm. his clothes are torn his 
thumb, he's sucking his thumb. And right off the bat, Wendy thinks that Jack did it. And that's exactly what happens in the, in the book as well. She automatically thinks it's Jack. I probably (laughs) would have as well. Yes. And so Jack goes to the, to the lounge, the Colorado lounge. And this is where it starts to get really weird for Jack. Yeah. (laughs) Even more so. (laughs) So he goes into the lounge, which has the giant bar. And all of a sudden Lloyd shows up. So Lloyd is the bartender. And this is how it is in the book as well. He ends up ordering a drink from Lloyd. Mm -hmm. And in the movie, uh, it's, one he pours him a whiskey in the book he actually lines up like 20 martinis yes so and actually i I believe in the book like as as jack is like drinking you know he's not actually drinking clearly but he's he acts drunk yeah and he does the same things he did when he was drinking and you see that struggle throughout a lot of the book so Mm -hmm. I missed that a little bit because I, I thought it was too. very interesting. It was so well written yeah. by Stephen King. I will say I'll give it to the movie where I guess I'll give it to Jack Nicholson. He does an incredible job of, of still giving you that sensation of like this hotel has a power over him and you still get that. It's not as drawn out obviously as, as the book is, but he does an incredible job of like really hitting the nail on the head on that. Yeah. And then so Wendy comes in and she ends up telling telling Jack that Danny told her what happened in the Mm -hmm. bathtub and, and that someone was trying to strangle him and that, you know, someone else is in this hotel. It happens a little bit differently in the book. At one point, Danny just comes in and is like, she did it. Yeah. And so in Jack's mind, she's like, Oh, you mean Wendy did it? Right. And so now there's this like other struggle of like, now they both think they did it, (laughs) but they actually end up sitting down Danny together in the book and they really kind of then finally get it out of him. Right. Because he doesn't want to tell his parents anything. Yeah, because he doesn't know that they'll necessarily believe him. So he's kind of... And he doesn't want to cause a rift between their relationship. Right. And so the next thing we see, though, is Danny's convulsing (laughs) in the bed. And, you know, Jack asks him, like, what room were you in? Mm -hmm. And then so we see Jack going up to room 237, which he does in the book as well. In the movie, (laughs) this whole scene is so (laughs) vile. So unnecessary. So creepy. And so he walks in and then there's, you know, he's at the bathtub Mm -hmm. and there's a very attractive female yes. naked totally but full naked. on naked um <laughs> uh, and he starts kissing her and all this stuff and then all of a sudden he turns to the mirror and it's no longer a young attractive woman it is an old gross decaying, decaying lady <laughs> corpse he is now making out with and he books it he leaves so gross and i just love it. it's like any guy who like wakes up the next morning with like someone in bed he's like doesn't tell his friends about it nope nothing <laughs> happened because jack's like comes out and he's like nope nothing happened and i did not- nothing <laughs> happened and i'm like you're a scumbag oh my god um but yeah, it happens a little differently in the book. Yeah, he he kind of has a similar experience to what Danny felt. He does see the figure in, in the shower or in the tub, but he kind of trains his brain to be like, there's actually nothing going on. And he just books it out of the room. Like he, right. He's like, I'm going to assume that this is just a hallucination. And kind of like with the hedges, the hedge yeah. animals, he's just kind of passing it off as nothing yeah nothing's happening and at this point in the book wendy's like we gotta get out of here like something is physically attacking Mm -hmm. our son and she's like oh there's snowmobiles Mm -hmm. you know and 
Jack goes and checks the snowmobiles. Yeah. He goes, <laughs> it's great in the book because you have this struggle of like the normal Jack wanting to do the right thing and Hotel Jack being like, no, no, we're, we're going to stay here. Mm-hmm. Um, so he essentially looks for different parts to put the snowmobile back together. The last missing piece is the, the battery. And he's like, oh, I can't find it. I can't find it. Finally, he finds it in the corner. And then he, um, he chooses to throw away the battery (laughs) because he's like, you know, um, Wendy's actually trying to ruin this experience for me, trying to ruin this job for me. So I'm going to, you know, throw this out and tell her that I couldn't find it so that we can't go down the mountain. Well, and also in the movie, there are like these big, huge, like snow cat tractor things. Yeah. (laughs) Not at all what I pictured. Yeah. And I thought there was like these little like sea-doo looking (laughs) snowmobile things. And then so also in the book, there's another huge scene that gets left out. And at this point, while everything's happening with the snowmobile with Jack, Danny's actually outside at the playground. And again, he gets attacked. Yeah. So in the book, he, um, he, at this point, the uh, playground is completely covered in snow, but he finds this kind of like tunnel thing that he decides to like go through, which I'm like, why are you doing this? It's on um, the playground. Yeah. But like shit's going down, bro. <laughs> like don't do these things. Run away. Right. Exactly. So he goes into this tunnel thing um, and then he senses that there might be another something or someone in this tunnel so then he freaks out tries to run back out or crawl back out i guess and snow has kind of packed over where he went Mm -hmm. in so now he's panicking again he eventually figures out a way to get himself out and as he does he starts hearing this thump thump come to find out that these hedge animals it's the they're essentially shaking the snow off of themselves to prepare to attack. Yeah. <laughs> so unlike with Jack, they do actually start running after him. He, you know, is trying to run back to the hotel and one of the animals does end up uh, getting his leg. So then now he's injured and another crazy incident that did not happen. Well, in and the in the, and in the book, they try, Jack is like, it, this didn't happen. Like right. you tripped on, you tripped on this, the edge of the snow. And he's like, <laughs> wait, what? He's like, I can't get this kind of injury from that. Yeah, he's like, I didn't, he goes, I couldn't even get a snowball put together. Like, what are you talking <laughs> yeah. about? So at this point in the movie though, we see Mr. Holleran is in, he's in Florida that mm-hmm. we know from the book, but he, he tries to call the hotel and the hotel isn't, and no one's answering because all right. the phone lines are down. Right. In the book, you know, it happens a little bit later is when there's a point where Danny actually calls for, calls him. for yeah, him. Yeah, he screams for him through his mind, basically pleading that hopefully Halloran hears him and comes to his rescue. And that's how he understands that there's something going on. Whereas in the movie, he's calling around. He calls the ranger. The ranger obviously can't get to them either. That's when he decides to then... Travel. Yes. Travel. <laughs> Back to Colorado. <laughs> so now we we are getting this freaking scene where red rum is starting to come more and more into play. Danny has another vision of this red rum. Mm-hmm. And he starts to freak out again. And in the in the book, he actually goes into like a tree. He's like looking at a clock or something at this point in the book. Oh, that's right. And yeah. he goes into a trance, which was, it kind of confused me a little bit in the book. So I was fine Same. that they left it out. <laughs> but Wendy comes in and finds him. And she's like, we, and we gotta like get him out of here. Like this is not okay. Yeah. And so she goes and tells Jack that she wants out. And he is 
pissed. He lights her up. <laughs> he is so pissed yeah. that she wants to leave. And obviously it's the hotel, yeah. you know, it's not, it's not Jack, but so Jack leaves at that point and he goes and he sees, starts seeing all these balloons and streamers mm-hmm. and come to find out there's like this big 20s style party happening in, in the lounge. And he goes back up to the bar and he talks to Lloyd. And at this point we see, a man come and spill some stuff on Mm -hmm. him and come to find out as they go to the bathroom to get him cleaned up. This is Mr. Grady. Right. And if you remember, Mr. Grady was actually the original caretaker who killed himself and his family beforehand. And so Jack's like, Hey, that's you. You're that guy. (laughs) And he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. I have no idea what you're talking about. Come to find out you know, Grady is a very sinister type character, very Mm -hmm. like antagonizing. And he tells Jack that he's Danny's trying to bring someone in from the outside, Mm -hmm. which is Halloran. And you know, that he needs to correct his son and his wife. Yes. I appreciated this because it was almost to a T exactly what happens in the book, which exactly. I liked. Uh, one thing that they did not include, which my mother is going to be so sad about in the book, they talk about how the song Roll Out the Barrel was playing. Mm-hmm. And I take it you don't know. You've no. never heard that. <laughs> so it's a, it's a huge song that they play in, in the Midwest. Mm-hmm. And they actually play it at the halftime of the Green Bay Packer games. Oh. It's like, roll out the barrel. It's, I don't know. It's a great. <laughs> they do it. It's like at all the Wisconsin sporting events and stuff. I don't know. I'll have, I'll have Mama Cressa sing it for you sometime. Sounds great. <laughs> but now we see Danny is in bed and he's just saying red rum, <sighs> red rum. Red rum. And he's no longer Danny. At this point, yeah. Tony has taken over his body. And he goes, Danny's not here, Mrs. Torrance. And I'm like, oh, awful. Do you think, because you said he, he came up with the finger idea. Do you also think that he like thought to do the like voice and like the weird like, nah. I he, he almost sounded so. like Gollum from the Lord of the Rings. Yeah, <laughs> it was very strange. And I'm like, oh gosh, which I'm, I'm, my thing is, is that that part's not in the book. Right. And if you would have taken, if you would have not included that in the movie, the kid is the scariest part of the movie. <laughs> like this would not have been scary at all if it That's wasn't for true. this kid. So anyways, so now, boom, 8 a.m. Dick is on, Dick Halloran is on a plane from, or to Colorado. And he calls his friend Larry to borrow one of the snowmobiles. In the book, there's like this whole drawn out scene of him trying to get to the snowmobiles. He doesn't even know the guy. (laughs) No, he actually almost gets run off the road by another like truck driver that truck driver helps him out kind of gives him some more winter clothes because he didn't think to bring them i'm like mm-hmm. do you know where you're going no. <laughs> um so but that guy is kind of like hey when you get down there just call my friend and he'll help yeah. you out i was totally okay with him like fast forwarding him get getting to the i agree because there's and, and, so much like there's like a scene at the airport a scene in the plane yeah. like this and that i'm like i don't need all well of and that. especially like the end of the book is so like it's there's such a build-up mm-hmm. and i was just like every time they went back to him in the book i'm like no, I don't care. Like, yeah. we know he's on his way. Right. <laughs> He'll get there. <laughs> so at this point, though, we see Wendy leaves Danny in the, like, the apartment to go find Jack. Mm-hmm. And she takes that bat with her. And she finds the typewriter in, like, the lobby. And on the typewriter and in all the pages, mm-hmm. it just says, all work and no play makes Jack a dull boy. And it's just pages and pages 
pages of this. Mm-hmm. So this doesn't happen in in the book. Right. Funny though, so in real life, Vivian Kubrick, the director's wife, said that her husband actually spent weeks or no, his secretary, he made his secretary take weeks, if not months, typing out all of those pages. I can appreciate that as a journalism major because I did notice, like, they even had, like, you know, little paragraphs, indented paragraphs. Like, like there was so much detail in those pages. So but I really to appreciate to make that. the poor secretary, <laughs> like, I, was there not, like, copy machines in the 80s? Probably not. <laughs> I don't oh, know. my gosh. I, I wasn't alive. I would have quit. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> So Jack confronts her at this scene and I just hate her in this entire scene. Like this is a scene that more so than the rest of the movie. Yeah, and this is the scene that they had to shoot 127 mm-hmm. times. And I'm like, if this was the best you could have gotten, like she's swinging this bat and I'm like, Oh, Oh my gosh. It's just awful. This whole scene. is. It's just- a combination of everything. Like her, her voice is shrill like her face is just really ugly and then she's like flailing around like she has no idea what she's like it felt like her brain wasn't communicating with the rest of her body it was so bizarre and and then i love this part though jack goes i'm not gonna hurt you i'm just gonna smash your brains in and i was like please do (laughs) for all of us but somehow she knows she manages to make contact and she hits him in the head and he falls down the stairs Mm -hmm. it happens a little differently in the book she actually finds him passed out behind the bar, correct? Yes, she does. And then he's about to go attack Wendy and Danny jumps up from behind him and like essentially like bear hugs him trying to get him off. And at that point, uh, Wendy takes some sort of a... Uh, it was like an old wine bottle yes. with straw that yeah. it was like a candle holder. That yeah, thing. And he, she bashes him over the head with it. So he essentially is like momentarily uh, unconscious. And in the book, she actually asks or ha- has Danny help her drag him yeah. into the pantry, which is different than the movie. Yeah. And so I thought it was, I, I was very, the book did it so beautifully mm-hmm. the way that you could see that Danny was like, this is my dad. Yeah. Like it, but you know, I got to help my mom. Cause you know, cause he's crazy. My mom. Yeah. Um, so in the movie, it's just Wendy who drags Jack into, into the pantry. And mm-hmm. like the book even does such a great job of like, she barely gets him into the pantry before yeah, he wakes up. And you're right. like, oh my God, go, go, go. You know? And he, I, I'm like, that would have been so easy to do yeah. in the movie. And they, they didn't chose not do to, it. Yeah. But, so, but then in the movie, Wendy goes out and sees that Jack has broken the snowmobile because that mm-hmm. was her out. And she just, yeah. you know, ugly cries like she does the, <laughs> the whole movie. <laughs> so Jack is now in the, in the pantry with all of the yes. food. <laughs> I do love that in the in the movie they t- or sorry in the book they talk about how he's eating triscuits because he needs he needs, <laughs> he needs his, his energy. energy yeah. I was like, oh my god, if you're down to your triscuits, like <laughs> that's you're in bad shape. <laughs> so now it's four p.m. Dun dun dun. So Mr. Grady is now you know back here helping Jack. So he's outside of this pantry door, and they don't really describe it very well in the movie. Mm-hmm. So. Grady actually in the book is the one and in the movie, he is the one that unlocks Jack yes. out of the pantry. You don't even really see it in the movie. No, he's just all. magically out. Yeah. So, but in the book, he goes through this whole thing where he's like, if you, if I let you out, like you got to finish the job. Right. So we missed that whole part in the movie. Yeah. So now Danny is back in the apartment with his mom, I guess, Danny slash Tony. <laughs> and he's sitting there saying red rum, red rum, red rum. <sighs> 
and he has a knife in his hand and I'm like, oh my God, um, which doesn't happen in the book. Mm-hmm. He's not holding the knife. And no. then he actually takes, this is an, an, icon, an, an iconic scene where he takes the lipstick and he writes red rum on the door which reflects into the mirror. And we finally find out that red rum is actually murder, murder. backwards, yes. you know? And then Wendy wakes up and is like, which stop down. How the hell is Wendy sleeping through all of this? Wendy's had a very stressful day. She's losing her hair. What, at one point was she like, hmm, you know what? I think I need a nap. She should have just stayed asleep at this point. Like, come on, like get out of here. Ugh. <laughs> oh, I can't even. Sorry, with I just her. had to stop Cannot down. Cannot even with her. Anyway, so she finally wakes up um, to Jack axing down the door to get into their apartment. Then Wendy goes into the bath. She takes Danny into the bathroom, and then like every you know awful horror movie, she gets stuck in the window. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my god, just leave her there. Just leave just, her there. Yeah, it's fine. Like it's done. Danny's already gone, so that's all that's that matters. All that matters. <laughs> well, and actually, in the book, Danny's not even there. Yeah, it's very different in the book. Danny's so. gone. Yeah, so he essentially had a vision that something was about to happen. So he chooses to run and hide. He ends up hiding on, on the third floor of the hotel. So during this whole scene where um, Jack's kind of breaking down the door and everything, Wendy's by herself and she's panicking because she's trying to find Danny and doesn't know where he is. Danny should just run and never look back. <laughs> right? Realistically. Uh, so now da- Jack is axing down the bathroom door mm-hmm. and this is where the iconic here's Johnny yes. scene happens. And he stuck, he sticks his hand in to, you know, to unlock thing. And then Wendy like just pokes at him and like cuts him. And I'm like, Oh my God. I was like, if that was me, I'd be like behind her. Just like putting the knife through his eye. Like, come on girl. It's like, Wendy we're talking about. Like, come on. Is it, what does a girl got to do to get a female who can just stab a guy in the eye? That's all I need in life. And then she like has this moment of like, I did it. Cause he stops. <laughs> and it's like, no, this wasn't cause of you. No. He hears the snowmobile of, of Holleran coming up. So yeah. Jack stops and is like, all right, gotta go. She'll be fine. Yeah. I'll find her later. Something to note too. Um, his weapon of choice in the movie is an axe. Yes. Uh, in the mo- or in the book, it is a mallet from the game Roke. Yeah. Which I didn't know what that was, but no, essentially it. it's it's a newer or it's an older version of cricket. Or yeah, croquet, croquet. Croquet. Sorry. And that kind of comes into play a lot throughout the book because they, you know, Danny ha- like learns about it and stuff. Mm-hmm. So it is a key thing that I thought was interesting. Well, and changed. I, it actually almost makes more sense to have it be an axe mm-hmm. considering the old caretaker used an axe to kill his family. True. So it makes more, I thought that that actually made more yeah. sense. So, you know, one point for Stanley, <laughs> whatever. So at this point, Danny's running, try, like he's actually smart. He goes and runs and hides in the kitchen. Halloran shows up. And another difference, Halloran gets, he's a, he's a lot easier getting to the hotel in the movie than he is in the book. Yes. In the book, the poor man gets attacked like five times. Yeah, the, the hedge animals attack him and he, yeah, he has a struggle to But I to loved it in the book how it was so easy. It's like, just light him on fire. Light up the bushes on fire. Genius. <laughs> Genius. So Halloran finally gets into the hotel and I'm like, yes, here we go. Because in the book, he kind of helps save them. He's the hero. He's the hero. And we get two seconds of him in the hotel and Jack kills him. Yeah. Like (laughs) what axe to the chest? He's dead. I'm done. I was so sad. I know I was too. It's it. He does attack him in the book as well, but to a certain extent where he's still able to be alive. (laughs) So here's the interesting part about this. 
So, you know, I talked about earlier about how they changed the ending after it yes. was released. The ending that got cut out has Halloran in it. So, so somehow he survives in that version of the so movie. So he must have changed it. Because he has some... them go live with him. That's right. So yeah. I was really sad that he died. I, I was too. Uh, so the next scene is the one I was talking to you about, about Wendy <laughs> running up the stairs, flailing her arms, and I can not. I can't. It's the worst scene in the whole movie. This is when I'm posting it on our Instagram <laughs> because everyone needs to see this because I can't unsee it. If you're trying to make a movie scary, like this completely takes away from it because I couldn't help but like start laughing like, at this Danny, scene. <laughs> Danny, Danny, where are? I'm like, oh my God, Danny, just run, Danny, just run. And so she ends up seeing the man in the dog costume, mm-hmm. which I thought was so interesting that it, they it does happen in the book. Yeah. But it was so like, why pick that? Yeah. Danny's actually the one that sees it in the book. Yeah. And it's a, it's a more drawn out thing. But realistically, I don't think that they needed to put that in the movie because it doesn't do anything for well, the plot. And at this point, this is the first thing that Wendy sees. Right. In the, in the movie that's so, that's outside of the norm. Maybe that's why, like, to kind of show that she's finally seeing what this hotel is capable of. Uh, sure. But at that point, just show the twins yeah. <laughs> or show the sisters. Yeah, it was very strange uh, and just, you know, awkward. And <laughs> so, but now we see this is actually so smart. Danny runs into the maze. Oh, Genius. I thought it was, I thought it was stupid. Why? Because it's like. You don't know what this maze is. Like, you don't know where you're going to be. You don't know how to get out of there. Like, But Danny has been inside of the maze. Jack has not been inside the maze. True. I guess he does have powers. Right. right he knows fine. where to go. <laughs> I thought it was genius. Um, what he does later is genius. We'll yes. get there. So, so Wendy, back to freaking Wendy, she starts seeing even more in the hotel. She starts seeing people in the hotel. She sees the lobby full of skeletons. Mm-hmm. She sees the blood rushing down the hallway. And then she runs out. And then she finally gets out of the hotel. She's like, well, everyone's left. <laughs> you know, and they're <laughs> I not I should probably here. get out of here, too. Danny. Um, anyways, and then Danny runs out of the maze. Yeah. Hold on, but you you missed the genius part that he did. So as he's running, he's realizing, oh no, I'm making footprints in the snow. So as smart as he is, he starts backtracking in his steps. In the slowest way possible. Like, Danny, hurry it up, please. You know. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And essentially, like, finding a corner to, like, hide in and then covering up the tracks that lead to that corner. So in that sense, I give him props because I would never have thought to do that. <laughs> you would have been running through the snow. Yeah, I would have never gotten, I would have frozen. You would have never gotten the Triwizard Cup. Absolutely not. <laughs> so Danny gets out of the maze because of his genius moves. Yes. Him and Wendy get in and they leave in the snow tractor that, you know, dead Halloran just left there for them. Mm-hmm. And the next thing we see is Jack just gets lost in the maze and then he freezes to death. <laughs> And then he's dead. Very and different than the very book. Very different. And then it goes to a scene of pictures on the wall from the hotel. And it pans to a picture from 1921 at the 4th of July ball. And Jack is right in the front of it all dressed up. So you understand that the hotel has now taken Jack. Yes. And he is part of it. But yeah, uh, not how it happens in the book at not all. Not how it happens. So in the book, as I mentioned, Danny ends up hiding on the third floor of the, the hotel. So eventually, uh, Jack makes his way up there in the creepy crawly elevator that we had mentioned. He gets up there and he has this exchange with Danny where Danny's basically like, I know you're not my dad. 
I, you're not real. Like, you can't hurt me. You're not real. And basically, Tony comes to him and tells him, you're going to remember something that your dad has forgotten. Mm-hmm. And and we'll get to why that's important. But essentially, he has this conversation with Jack. Jack kind of starts to realize, oh, like, he's starting to have an inner struggle. Long story short, he decides to then bash his own head in with the mallet, oh, <laughs> which I was God. like, damn, I missed. I'm, I'm mad that they didn't put that yeah. in there because that would have been great to see. So then Danny runs away. The thing that he ends up remembering that his dad forgot is the boiler room that was so important in the yes. book. If you don't watch it multiple times a day, it will get to a certain extent where the hotel will blow up. You go to the moon. They blow you, blows you, go, you to the moon. Blows you to the moon. So at this point, Halloran's actually alive in the book. So sad. So he run. Danny runs towards Halloran and his mom and is like, we need to get out of here. This thing is going to blow. Yeah. And then it cuts to Jack realizes, oh, that's what I forgot. So he runs down to the boiler room. Too little, too late. Well, and to mention, going back, he Wendy stabbed him in the back at some point. That's right. She actually she had some something. gutso in the <laughs> yeah. book. So he's struggling. He's, you know, yeah, it's not hurt. easy for him to get down there. But basically, too little, too late. Um, they, The three of them actually end up getting out just in time. And they're able to, you know, run out of there. But then the hotel blows up. Mm-hmm. So very, very different. Very different. And the scene that I loved in in the book that sometimes books go a little too long and you're mm-hmm. like come on wrap it up there's the scene remember when Halloran goes to the shed where yes. the snowmobile is to get blankets and all of a sudden you start Halloran starts having these visions or mm-hmm. these thoughts of not letting them leave mm-hmm. and you're like oh my god get out get yeah. out get out and he yeah. ends up leaving them but I just I loved that in the book and we didn't get that in the I movie did at too all. it was great so very very different yes <laughs> two different two different roller coasters yeah so I think I know the answer to this but do you feel like the movie stayed true to the book Yes, to a certain extent, but I absolutely hated the ending. I yeah. wanted the true ending that, that we got in the book, and we did not get any of that in the movie. So It was just very anticlimactic. It was. It was like all of a sudden he's just frozen. frozen. <laughs> <laughs> Do you understand the meme now that, that you see everywhere? Do you ever, have you never seen a... The Frozen one? The, yeah. Of no, Jack. I haven't oh, seen yeah. that one. Yeah. It's, there's a whole like winter is coming one. Ah, <laughs> that's hilarious. Yeah, I totally understand that. I, I was very sad that... The, they changed the ending yeah. and I, you can tell that you can understand why Stephen King was upset, upset about this. 100%. They ruined, in my opinion, Stanley mm-hmm. ruined the, the book. Yeah. For, so. Not ruined the book, I guess. Ruined my hopes for the movie. Right. So I'm very interested. I'm, I know you don't want to read a whole lot of Stephen King, but <laughs> I, I'm very interested to see how some of these other adaptations go because I've seen a lot more of his movies than I've read. Mm-hmm. So it'll be interesting to see if it was more of a director mishap right. than anything else. Yeah. But I, I'm kind of like you. I do think it stayed true in some ways, but I really felt it was lacking yeah. in a lot, a lot of ways. I so. agree. But when it comes down to it, would you buy the book or would you buy the movie ticket? I would obviously by the book yeah i had to that well. it was such a well-written book so much detail so much like i was more scared reading the book than i was watching the movie yes. to be honest yes well and i i'll agree with you i gotta give it to my my movies were catching up and now i, I gotta <laughs> give it this one to the book especially because you know now we've read a couple 600 plus page books and i didn't feel like i was reading a 600 page book yeah. i enjoyed it you know there's gone girl uh like pick it up like let's move on you know i'm actually very excited to 
to continue the shining journey into Dr. Sleep. Yeah, I agree. Um, Because in the end of the book, as you had mentioned, the epilogue kind of... I didn't read the epilogue. You know I don't do that. Why? Because... It's still part of the book! Then just make it another... I literally, I I figuratively flip my Kindle to the very last page. I want to get every single drop of information as I possibly can. That's why you are you and I am me. True. Fair (laughs) enough. But in the epilogue, um, as we mentioned, Halloran is still alive and it does lead itself a little bit to the, to Mm -hmm. Dr. Sleep. So I'm excited as well. All right. Uh, make sure to hit subscribe on your podcast app. Go ahead and give us a rating and leave us a review. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at The Boovie Girls. And you can also email us at theboovigirls at gmail.com. So you can find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash theboovigirls. We are so official now. We're the most official. <laughs> um, we got a couple of levels, different levels for you. Uh, we got the $2 level, which will get you um, the episodes ahead of t- everybody else. What's that one called? It's called The Rom-Com. The Rom-Com. <laughs> and then you'll also get access to our uh, bonus uh, little tidbits of that we're calling the Karen reviews. Let me guys, let me tell you guys, Karens come out to play when they are reviewing <laughs> these films. Um, and then we've got the $3 level, which is called The Drama. Basically, you get everything, that, as I mentioned, in the $2 level. You also get a sticker for joining our Patreon. You get a quick shout out in one of our episodes. And then you get access to our after credits party episodes. Do you want to Where tell them you really get to know us. Yeah. You know, there's more to us than books and movies. <laughs> I mean, we also really like wine and talking about boys. And our dogs. <laughs> and our dogs. <laughs> but you'll really get to know more about me and Rosha, Rosha and I, and just what kind of goes into making the podcast, yeah, really. for sure. So that's Patreon. So make sure to uh, go ahead and check that out. So I think I've ruined the surprise already. <laughs> yeah, you did. <laughs> But we are going to continue this journey, and next week we are going to be covering Dr. Sleep, which should be very interesting because this is a new movie. Yes. It just came out a couple years ago, so I mean, we got to subscribe to HBO Max to get it. <laughs> I, You can do that. <laughs> yeah, well, and I, I don't think you're going to get away with this movie not being as scary as this one. I Probably think- not. I, I think, if anything, I'm going to watch it and hope that someone chooses to make another a remake of The Shining because I feel like we all need it. <laughs> hey, as long as Wendy's not there, I'm fine. Fair. <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening. And remember, don't judge a book by its movie. Bye. Bye.